great revelation there toward the end of that last segment, uh, talking about Basak and the shield uh, instead of passing over, having that understanding of of you know basically an umbrella, like we're we're covered. Yeah. And uh, I really like that um, that imagery of yeah. of a shield rather than. Okay, I'm just not going to hurt you today. <laughs> a little bit different image. Huh? <laughs> it is different. Uh, so, so where are we at next? What's the next words? Where do we dive it into? All here? right. Well, we're going to dig a little deeper behind the word Passover to the Hebrew Pesach this mm. time, and and that's going to unveil that word I told you was like mind blowing for me this year. Yeah. So, all right. So as I said, Hebrews are always the roots are always three letters. Pesach Pesach contains three letters. Pay means word or an open mouth. Specifically, it often speaks of the mouth of God. Since Jesus was the word made flesh, we could describe pay as the spoken word of God. That could sum up that word pay. Semek is the next letter. It means to lean on or support. It looks like a stick, like a walking stick. So the word semeka, though, describes how the high priest would lay his hands on the head of a sacrificial goat to transfer sin to it. Also, how he would anoint or consecrate someone into the priesthood, again, by laying on a hand. So that's Semek. Now, Hech means change. Now, its pictograph is a wall or a boundary. All right? So mm. those are your three things, three letters. What does the word Pesach imply? Well, you could say the spoken word of God is leaning on or even pushing down a wall to bring change. Or maybe the spoken word of God as high priest is transferring sin to change a wall or a boundary. And I bet you could probably go, hmm, that sounds intriguing. I, I think I know where you're going with this. I like it. Since Jesus is the word of God, the great high priest and the Pesach, the Lamb of God, who transferred the sin of all mankind onto himself on the cross to destroy its power, then maybe something he spoke on the cross on Pesach is the heart of Pesach. That's the, mm. the thing, all right? So what were his last words? Well, we know in English it is finished, which is not a word, but three words. But nonetheless, in Greek, it's one word, tetelestai, uh, which means it's finished. But this year, I just, I got, for, for the first time, for whatever reason, I said, I wonder what it is in Hebrew or Aramaic. What, what, is, what, is the, what is that word? And uh, in finding it, I went, wow. Mm -hmm. In Hebrew, the phrase, it is finished, is the word shalam. Shalam. That's our seventh crossword. Shalam. S-H-A-L-A-M. Now, it's at the core of all crosswords. That is, words that relate to Passover, which God used throughout history to point us to the cross. Since shalam was his final word for the cross, it's the most important one, I think. Now, if shalam sounds a little familiar, it's because shalam is the root of shalom, mm. peace. peace. If you think of a tree, shalam is the trunk. Shalom is a branch. So you know shalom, peace, right? Here's what Jesus did with shalam. Shalam means, obviously, to complete, as in it is finished. Shalam means peace, but peace plus much more. Shalam means to be in a covenant of peace. You know, the verse, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. That's shalam, which is poured out for you. The covenant, this one, is a better deal than the blood of lambs or anything else. It's his blood. 
Isaiah 53, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's a covenant of peace with power. That's what shalom is. Shalem means to restore, to be safe, secure, and free from fault. Mm, goodness. Free from fault. Jesus, the Pesach, our Shalom, our Shalem, did all of that for you and me. You remember the tabernacle and the temple were built for one reason, to host God's holy presence safely behind the veil without destroying the people who were not holy. When Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Pesach, said shalam and breathed his last, that spoken word of God forever pushed down and changed the wall and boundary between God and man. Mm. The veil was forever removed. That's what shalam did. He made us his temple and brought us shalom, peace, and the hope of intimacy. Now, one of my favorite parts of shalam Shalem means to pay a debt or a vow is mm. in our debt of sin. The last words he sang at the Last Supper were from Psalm 118. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of Jehovah. I will fulfill my vows to Jehovah before all his people. Precious in the sight of Jehovah is the death of his saints. The idea of paying your debt of sin is really important because lots of people have been taught that Colossians 2.14 says that Jesus abolished the law on the cross. For instance, in the King James, that verse reads, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So it's assumed that handwriting refers to the written law or Torah, which kind of makes sense. Modern translations do a better job with that verse. For instance, the ESV reads, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing to the cross. And this is the point. His last word from the cross, the it is finished, or shalem, paid our debt of sin. See, sinning puts you in debt to God. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. See, his life is the ransom payment in exchange for the lives of all those who sinned. He erased the bill we owe. The wages of sin is death. You see, there's always this, this idea that goes through. But God eliminated the record of sin debt. He paid it in full with his death on the cross. So the idea isn't wiping away the law, but rather than this debt, this record of debt. So if you read Colossians 2, those few verses around it, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So it wasn't the law he was destroying. He was, he was defeating 
the record of death. And mm. that's really important, especially as you minister to Jews, because they will never listen to the second word if your first one is, is God remove the law. Because he, even Jesus said, I'll never do that. I'll never do it. I'll fulfill it. I'm not going to remove it. I'm fulfilling it.